0: In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I wanna invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to UGurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of The Digital Agency Show. I am your host, Brent Weaver, and today I'm hanging out with Nick Peterson. Nick is the co-founder of Mastery Mode, director of strategic partnerships he helps businesses scale intellectual property to ten million and above. He is a master when it comes to systems and partnerships and scaling business. Nick, welcome to the program. Hey man, I appreciate. It. That was a great intro, by the way. <laughs> are you are you hyped up enough? Are you ready to go? <laughs> yeah,
1: I have my own podcast uh, with. Uh, it's actually with the Abraham Group, and it takes us like forty-five minutes to get going because I just cannot get myself to do an intro. It takes me like 12 tries and you just rattled it off. I'm impressed.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for the the compliments. Uh, Nick, tell us a little bit about um, what your business is today. Like what's your primary, like how do you make money uh, right now today? And then we'll talk a little bit about how you got to where you are.
1: Yeah. So I, there's this, I'm in I'm a few masterminds and, you know, you have this guy runs this uh, marketing agency, and this guy does Facebook ads, and this guy teaches farmers how to do their finances or whatever, right? And uh, the question is always, how does Nick make money? <laughs> like nobody knows. Um, but but what I do is uh, I'm a student, and I you know I like to learn stuff to solve my own problems, and uh, I was gifted with I have this gift of. Uh, learning something complex, you know, like I eighty twenty it to the point of practical application, and then teaching it effectively in an actionable way. And so I built first. It was like I don't like the way my body looks, so I learned how to work out. And then people, I part of the learning process is teaching, so I actually opened a gym, which I recently just sold. And uh, and then it was a nutrition thing. So I I partnered with. A good friend of mine, uh, really, really bright, got his PhD when he was like 24. And I was like, hey, if you come live with me so I can learn from you, I'll find a way to make you money. And we built that business. And then I went to build another business that taught other people how to open gyms. And that's been the process. And so there's a point where I had eight. I had eight businesses that I was actively involved in. And I hated my life. (laughs) <laughs>
0: I was going to say, know, it's, it's hard to run one business well, Nick, let alone eight.
1: Yeah. And it was a lot of 80-20. And what happens if, especially, you know, you have a bunch of agency owners, you know that you let something slip. It's not a big deal, but it's kind of like the the leak in the ceiling. It's not a big deal until it's a gaping hole. And so I had a lot of gaping holes. It's just, just things I let slip. Um, so I burnt some down. I sold some off. I walked away from a business that was doing $1.2 million a month. Uh, Cause that's where I was mentally. Like I don't care anymore. And I sat down and I said, how do I keep doing what I love doing without ending up in this place? And the answer was learn how to build systems and operations and operating procedures and decision-making parameters and train employees. Cause you know, I'm, I walk into the building Everything's fine. I walk out, everything's on fire. And how do I prevent that? So I spent about a year with, uh, one of the best COO system operating people. And I watched him do things I never thought were possible. And it opened up this whole new world of, of possibility for me. And, uh, since then, uh, that's my main thing. We just call it the system, not super creative. We don't have to run traffic, um, We've been at capacity since we opened, from referrals mainly. Um, and
0: in, in our pre-show, you mentioned this. This business went from from basically zero dollars to about 120k a month in five months. This is the system that you're talking about.
1: Yeah, that's a combination of the system, which is we really just dive in and like we get super granular. Um, how do you make decisions? Does your staff know how you make decisions? Can we codify this? Can we codify that? And that, that's part of scaling the intellectual property. Like, there's things that you can outsource that you just don't know that you can, because you haven't been able to take that tacit knowledge and, and make it explicit. Uh, and so we kind of force you through that process. Um, so it's a combination of that and the network, which is I, I just have a mastermind. And I built it in a way it's really to, to feed my curiosity. I don't let two of the same people or two people from the same industry in. So we have about 45 people in my mastermind. And they're all different industries. I got a fertility expert. I got a farmer. Uh, I have a, a big data guy. You know, one of the original founders of HostGator. Uh, just random, random assortment of people from different industries. Uh, So I can learn just, you you know, it's that Jay Abraham thing where like what's common in common is dirt in one industry. It could be gold in another. And so I try to bring those people together. So between, between that, that's all one business. Uh, Between the system and the network, we went from zero to 120 grand a month in about five months. 100% word of mouth.
0: I want to go back to something that you just said about uh, there are things that you can outsource that maybe you don't realize that you can outsource by you know, turning your, your knowledge, like what's in your head into, into some type of intellectual property or, or by codifying it, you used a couple of these types of terms. Uh, can you give us an example of something that maybe an agency owner might not be aware that they could outsource or systematize something that they're currently doing that maybe they're wasting time on or maybe it's, uh, it's something that's unique that they could actually sell the information or they could package it in some unique way?
1: yeah absolutely it's the the first the first thing to do or the first way to think about it is you you ever have if you ever have something that needs to get done and you tell your assistant or your manager or your whatever right and you say hey can you do this and they ask you a question or they look confused and you say you know what never mind just let me do it that is definitely something that will save you hours and hours and hours if you sit down and have somebody pull out of you your decision-making process, right? Because you obviously can't articulate it to this other person. So you're saying here, like we we all do it, right? We're like, hey, can you do this email? And like, well, what do you want me to say? Like, never mind, I'll I'll freaking do it. Uh, those are all things that can be codified. You could build systems, decision-making trees, stuff like that. Um, so we could say, you know, what did you do? What were the materials that were involved? Uh, why did you answer it this way? How would you answer different if this? And you just start building all of these these assets that, that help other people. You pretty much clone yourself. Um, really common things are if, if I said to you, hey, what happens when a client enrolls? Or what happens when a lead comes in? Or what happens when somebody clicks this button? And you say, well, we always, and if it's, if that's the answer, well, we always, you should not be doing it. It should be codified. It should be built into operating procedures and somebody else should be able to make the same decision you would make. And I think we have a hang up, right? Like as experts, there's like, our, our value is really in our intellectual property. And so we kind of get hung up on this, like, well, you can't codify my brain. It's one of a kind, <laughs> you know,
0: like, um, but you got to get over it cause you own the company. Right. So right. nobody can hire you. And, and your client at the end of the day is not like going home with your brain. I mean, they're going home with something, some results of that brain. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there, there's a little bit of a, a mental block and like, wait, you mean anybody can do this? Oh shit. I thought I was special. Uh, But yeah, anybody can do about 90% of it. And you should only spend your time doing that 10%, especially if you want to enjoy your life and scale your business. And so it's just a process of, we literally meet with, it's not like a group coaching thing. We meet with people every week, one-on-one. And we just pull it out of them. it's, It's a painful process. It's like six weeks of hell and then
0: a lifetime of freedom. You mentioned that he uh, said like decision making trees. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I don't know if I have any written down decision making trees. Is that like a, a framework? Is that you know? Is that like something from you know how how you take more complicated things? I mean, it's easy to say, hey, if a support ticket comes in and it's for marketing, here are like the five things that you know, the five most common questions that people ask from a marketing engagement. Like we're emailing, trying to get somebody on a a webinar or a a call and they're emailing about XYZ, right? Like, is that what you mean when you say decision trees? Like, hey, there's this thing that came in. We're trying to like put it into a bucket and get it into like the right place and have a process in place to handle that specific thing or the most common things.
1: Yeah, if if it can't be automated, it, it starts really simple. And then if we think about For for us, for the system, which is systems, operations, finances, uh, that includes like you as the business owner. Maybe you just don't know how to schedule stuff. You know, like you're not that busy. You just don't know how to schedule stuff. So it's Dan, who's my COO, and he's he's the real brains behind it. He looks, he just takes a snapshot of your business and he knows exactly where to start. But nobody else can do that. So our first job when we build the system is how does Dan know where to start? And through multiple iterations, you come to like, okay, well, if they have consistent leads coming in and they're making consistent sales uh, and their number one complaint is maybe time, they don't have enough time, revenue's good, margins are good, then it makes a whole lot of sense, right? To just start with their, maybe they don't know how to schedule stuff. And if we can get them eight hours a week back. We consistently find people like 10 hours a week extra. Uh, that's, that's an obvious one. But then as we get deeper and deeper into their business, it's how would Dan make this decision? And it's really impressive to just look at, like it hurts my brain when I look at them. Then the decision trees he's made, if this, then that, if not, then this, if this, and so we can plug in anybody and they can pretty much run a business like Dan does which I never would have thought was possible when I met him. So it's it's just a process of documenting everything and then either figuring out how and why you made that decision or sitting down with somebody else and them pulling it out of you. And it's just, like I said, it's six weeks of absolute hell and it's it's just incredible when you step back and you, you, like Dan went on vacation for like, Two weeks for the first time in years, and he came back, and like nobody even knew he was gone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, um, you know, we, you mentioned earlier, I don't know if it was in our, our pre interview or not, kind of around like the different levels or kind of a, a natural cap that an agency might experience. I think you mentioned around $3 million is kind of this natural barrier that people have a hard time growing a business above that. Uh, But I mean, there's probably a handful of layers beneath that too that people struggle with. Uh, What do you find in terms of systems and processes in terms of like the biggest pain points or struggles people have at the different number of like team members or maybe it's revenue, right? I'm probably thinking it's probably more related to team members or, uh maybe it's related to revenue i don't know but like what are some of those kind of tiers and how do things change as people move through those tiers
1: yeah that that's the biggest the biggest one is most agencies are done for you right which in a in a group consulting model for example in theory you enroll somebody that adds to the group and the, the program improves, right? Because they all go through the same training. So maybe they ask questions and you update the training. And so there's this, in theory anyway, like a group coaching program improves with everybody you enroll, um, which never actually happens, but that's the theory. And done for you, the first thing is, hey, yay, I got a client for 5, 10, 15 grand, right? And then you start fulfilling, but you still have to market and sell. If you want to eat next month. And so, everybody you enroll, you run the risk of the quality of your service and your product going down. And it's that point, it's that like inflection point, typically, probably 20 to 50 grand a month, where people run into problems. They're service tanks. So, they focus on service, which means they're marketing tanks. So these folks back and they, they just end up in this this back and forth between serve market, serve market. Um, and they start to, they just have a really hard time there. And this is where the, the systems aspect is, they try to delegate often, right? Typically they try to delegate. Um, and it's really, really, really difficult to delegate when you haven't pulled out those decision-making trees and operating procedures and up to probably, I would say three employees is where one person can manage them and boss them around and kind of keep everything in their head straight. Uh, So I I would say typically 10 to 20 grand a month or, or 15 to 30, 50 grand a month is where most done for you agencies seem to hit a wall. Uh, and it's by and large, they're just trying to do everything themselves or they try to delegate, but they don't give people the tools they need so the people fail and they get pissed off and take everything over themselves again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you see people stuck in the cycle and it just sucks. Cause it's, and here, here's the big thing, right? We're taught that marketing and sales is everything. On the flip side, we're taught that, you know, there's a whole, like the Seth Godin crowd is like, service is everything. And neither one is wrong. But as an agency owner, especially someone that has bills to pay, like, it's really hard to justify when you're you're that in the muck. It's really hard to justify stepping back and building these operating procedures because what's the ROI in the next 30 days? Uh, And that's where most get stuck. A few delegate either their marketing or their sales or their service somewhat effectively. Um, I don't see many get above 3 million a year. And 3 million a year, typically, I I could think of maybe 10, 10 people I know that got there on their own. And probably six of them just burnt it down because family... You know, my wife said she would divorce me if I kept the agency, kind of thing. Uh, so you have a you have a you have a range up to about fifty grand a month where uh, you should delegate, you should build operating procedures, but it's really really difficult to get yourself to do it. And then you have a range if you get over that fifty thousand, and if you get if one of one or two of your three employees is an absolute rock star, you could probably push. To three million, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars a month, um, and then that's, to, in my experience, that's just where that that ceiling is. Without robust operations, you are not going to get you are not going to get much beyond two or three hundred thousand dollars a month.
0: So that that agency that's doing, you know, in that that zone, right? Let's say twenty to fifty. Um, you mentioned it's hard to build up those operating procedures because you just don't see the ROI. I mean, is it just simply getting over that mindset or is there is there some more tactical level stuff that they should be thinking about? I mean, they might not be able to afford a COO to come in and start to codify all this stuff. I mean, what are some of those first steps that they can they can leverage?
1: Yeah, I'll just, here's at at 50 grand a month, if you can't afford a COO, you've got a leaky bucket right which is fine most people do it's it's that like your expenses expand to the amount of revenue that you have it's like parkinson's law with money um but step 1 honestly is to sit down and establish your non-negotiables right like i'm going to sleep 8 hours a night block it off in your calendar i'm going to read every day for an hour block it off in your calendar i refuse to work weekends and like non negotiable. I refuse to work weekends. Um, block it off in your calendar. I'm going to spend every night from six to nine with my wife or husband or whatever. Block it off in your calendar and then be ruthless about making that happen. And you're going to start making different decisions and you're not going to get less work done. You're going to scroll Facebook less, you know? And then once that's done, sit down. And this is the biggest this is the the calendar and this is the biggest thing we can do for anybody because if you have, just keep the math simple, you have margins, you have 30% profit margins, right? If you're doing 50 grand a month and you can't afford a COO, like I said, you got a leaky bucket, which means you could probably plug all the holes Stop all the bleeding and find an extra 30 grand a year, just slipping through cracks, which is the same if you have 30% profit margins, right? It's the same as selling 100 grand. And people like that thought better. That's why I frame it that way. Like selling 100 grand sounds awesome, saving 30 is like meh. But that's in recurring softwares, memberships. That kind of stuff. Any agency owner, we had one that was at 70 grand a month. And we found 80,000 on, on the very first day, found $80,000 in bank fees and redundant recurring softwares, like used Infusion to run the business, but also had an active campaign in the MailChimp they forgot about.
0: <laughs> I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of agency owners right now that are going, Oh man, yeah. I don't, I don't even want to explore my, my tools, my yeah. software and subscription yeah. fees. Like make a spreadsheet. This is how our spreadsheet works. We
1: have, we have another agency, their, their expenses were 101,000. And we sat down and said, okay, what is this? Do you need it to run the business? No, get rid of it. What is this? Do you need it to run the business? No, get, you know, and just, we just had that difficult conversation and uh, 65 grand a month afterwards. So they just had 35 grand a month, and just like, do you even go to this mastermind? No, cancel it. Um, and that, you know, like that's a huge stress relief, gives you a ton of clarity, way less clutter. And then you realize, uh, you know, you could spend that four, five, six thousand dollars a month that was just bleeding out of these holes in your bucket. You could spend it on getting somebody to help you build these operating procedures and a good manager, good COO. And it does not affect your it doesn't affect your margins. You just took out this junk and plugged in something useful.
0: I really like that you start this process with looking at the calendar. I mean, I think that, that most people can understand that. Like, they have a calendar and they they might not have their their process playbook kind of built out. But, you know, you can probably look at either, A, where they spend their time or what are those repetitive tasks those things that they're doing a lot. But also uh, that you really start people with those non-negotiables. Um, and, and you said, look, be ruthless about the blocks. Uh but I know that, you know, I mean, this is something that I've I've fought with personally is, you know, you block stuff out for X, Y, Z, right? Like, oh, I'm going to do sales calls on Tuesday at four or at one or eight or whatever the time is, right? And then, you know, you do that for three or four weeks and then I don't know why it happens, but it happens. Something comes up and you're like, oh, I could use that time or I don't have any, you know, we're really, really busy right now. I don't need to do sales at that, that, that time, right? Uh, and then you end up kind of breaking uh, breaking that rule, that non-negotiable. Uh, any any secrets or tactics about how to maintain that over time? Because, you know, it's you can only have so many non-negotiables, right, until your calendar is, is totally soaked up. Um, but any kind of secrets that you found that have helped your clients to, uh, to maintain those non-negotiables?
1: Well, have an honest conversation about yourself about what is really non-negotiable is number one. You know, like... I, I legitimately have nap time in my calendar, and I've I've vacillated because like, do I is it really non-negotiable? Do I really need to take a friggin' nap every day? Um, but my productivity, my focus, everything just tanks if I don't, you know. Mm. But some people, like you know, do you really need four hours for lunch? Probably not. Like, be honest about. Not, not <laughs>
0: I, I want to see the person that takes four hours. I'm sure there, there are people that take four hours for lunch, but you know, I'm I'm more like standing at my desk eating the peanut butter sandwich while working type of guy. But uh yeah. you know, I'm so sure they're out there.
1: One of mine is because my, my brain's I think we all are is highly associative. I won't eat at my computer, mm. which I'm like anxious to work because I love working. So I'm like I go to the conference room and I eat really quick and I get back to work. But that that's actually built in like to my that that's just built into my system, everything. Uh, I start eating my computer and now I don't know if I'm supposed to be eating or working or focused or what. So pretty ruthless about that. But I I think it has to be a fundamental shift because the tactics are, like you said, three, four weeks and then like, you know, whatever I got something more important to do. And I think the fundamental shift is what do I want my life to look like? Because a lot of us, especially agency owners, especially ones that run a lot of uh, traffic Uh, They do a lot of advertising for their own. They get super focused on revenue because it's kind of a vanity metric. It feels awesome. And so when when I say, hey, what do you want your life to look like? They go $400,000 a month. And I say, well, that doesn't tell me anything about your life. right?" Like I didn't ask you how much money you want your business to generate. What do you want your life to look like? And it's just constantly pushing people back to what do you want your life to look like? And make decisions, make business decisions like, all right, I refuse to work Saturdays and Sundays because my wife and kids deserve better than that. That's my non-negotiable. I will be home by 6 p.m. for dinner, right? Like these kind of non-negotiables. And then you really have to think about, isn't the point of being in business and generating all this revenue to have the life you want? Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe you want to be miserable and make a bunch of money. In that case, block your calendar off for work all the time. But then when you when you start infringing on the non-negotiables, right? Like, well, my wife and kids are out of town, so I could work this Saturday. Um, you are now putting yourself in a fragile position because whatever good comes out of working from Saturday is not repeatable if you're going to have the life you want. So why bother? And that's just the constant conversation we have is like, all right, business is supposed to give you the life you want. Is this action getting you closer to the life you want? And you start realizing that people get a lot happier. They don't make less money. They work a little bit less, um, but they start focusing on the things, the things that matter, right? Like, I don't know who am I to tell anybody what's supposed to matter to them but that's that's the fundamental shift is like if it's really non-negotiable it means it represents the life that you are trying to build and if anything infringes on that you just have to understand like you know I don't need to take a nap and I don't need to whatever I am now building a business that is not facilitating the life
0: I want so what is the point that's just the
1: conversation we have over and over with people
0: that's it's really fascinating, Nick and, and I just want to, to highlight that a little bit like you if you work extra right and you get a little bit more done, it creates not just a habit but it ends up creating a business that that extra revenue that you're generating by working you know 60 hours a week instead of 40 hours a week or whatever it is that you're able to do during that time or you gave the the weekend example of like oh if I you know post a blog post this Saturday or whatever, because i didn't get to it this week then that just starts meaning that like you know that saturday has become the blog post time and it isn't sustainable and then you end up with a business that you don't really you're like man this takes way more work than i thought but that's because you kind of built it in that construct where you you basically built it on the back of 60 hours a week versus 40 hours a week and so you know whatever you're hitting there it's like if you you have to then cut back right you have to then come in and like prune and trim trim out um, I love that question of just like, is this action helping me to get the life that I want versus, you know, just the the, the vanity metrics of the business?
1: It's funny. It's, it's two different questions, right? Am I going to make more money versus am I getting
0: closer to my ideal life?
1: They, they can absolutely be correlated. But those are two different questions. And, and the realization that your maximum achievability is not your maximum maintainability. And so you just have to have a conversation to understand that. And then, you know, am I, do I want to build something I can maintain? And if not, if you just want to see how much money you can make in a month and then burn it all down, then whatever, like you don't need systems and operations, just sell shit. Um, but if you're looking for maintain, you know, sustainable quality of life, predictability, uh, then it, it's a whole, it's a whole different set of questions that deviate from how can I sell more stuff? And that's, that, that's really what we work people through is we're, we do have people that work 80 hour a week because they want to. We just make we just make sure they know like that's what you're asking for. And if that's what makes you happy, cool. We can build a system that facilitates 80 hours a week from you. Um, it's, just, it's just a question that we don't ask or people don't ask themselves and then they end up with, businesses they don't even want to scale because you build something that sucks then you know you're scaling something that sucks
0: <laughs> you're getting you're getting more of the things you don't like you know even yeah. if there's money coming in probably the experience i mean it'll eventually burn you out we've had several people on recently uh sean mccabe over at sean west he talked about you know burnout and what you might go through. And he, he actually shared a story on our, our podcast of, you know, he went from 10 or 12 people and you know, they're back down to, I think four because he got up to that point and he was like, I don't actually like this business. And so I'm going to build it around what I do like. And if it's smaller from a vanity perspective, less people, less top line, but he gets more of what he wants, more profits, more income, more time off, then that works.
1: Yep. That's the, uh, the beautiful thing for agency owners is you build the systems and operations for your done for you agency, right? You're building websites, you're building funnels, you're maybe you're doing marketing campaigns, whatever you're doing. Um, You're also building assets that can, one can be used for marketing. um, But you are codifying your intellectual property. uh, And it makes it really easy to move to more of a done with you or a self-study course. Like once you've actually codified the way you make decisions, you can turn around and sell it to somebody else and say, this is how I'm good at my agency. And so there's there's that. You're also building an asset, which I think is really cool. Even if you don't use it, you have it. Um, makes it easier to train employees, makes it easier to sell your business, all those things.
0: It's, I'm glad you brought up the intellectual property side, I think, for agencies where their core model is based on kind of a time for money thing with their staff, and they can they can scale that up by hiring more staff and bringing in more clients and trading more, more other people's time for money, which I think is kind of the traditional agency model. But I think what we're seeing now with social and web is that people are able to take some of that those processes. I mean that's basically the story of our company. Like we started to sell our exhaust and sell how we, you know, marketed our agency and how we you know, how did we do sales? How do we do marketing? How do we do client fulfillment? And and you know, that 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 part of the business started doing as well as the agency did, but we were of course putting a lot less time into it. And so it was like, oh, Cool. Like we, we ended up becoming a wildly profitable agency, not just from running a good agency, but also by, you know, packaging our intellectual property up and selling it.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, so I'll I'll, I'll just give you an insight at the big picture because this is the question. The question is always like, how do I make my done for you that we get? How do we make a done for you scalable? And that's, you codify it. You remove yourself from the done for you as much as possible. But then you have the assets for a done with you or a do-it-yourself, right? And in a perfect world, you have your, your done for you, which is probably your highest ticket, and then you're done with you. Um, and you use the done for you, right? Use the funds and the information and the process of the done for you to build the done with you stuff. You know, You just build the systems and operations for the done for you, and that's your content for the done with you or the, the self study and then similar to what you're just talking about at some point, it's very likely that the, the course or the, the group coaching, the done with you, the revenue of the two exceeds the done for you. And what that does for you as an agency owner is you no longer have to take done for you clients. You can be selective. You can, you could ask for revenue share. That's what we do. Uh, because it's just like, it doesn't really make sense. There's got to be a big upside because your hands-off stuff makes more money than your hands-on stuff, right? Uh, so it opens up that you can just charge a ridiculous amount for your done-for-you. You could take a rev or you could just use it. You can only enroll people you really want to work with, influencers, uh, big names in the industry. And you don't have the pressure of selling your time anymore. And that's the that's the end goal, right? Like That's the freedom.
0: Nick, this has been a fascinating conversation. I mean, I think it's really cool just to hear about um, a little little bit about your story, but also uh, how agencies can start to systematize their business, codify it, leverage their unique knowledge into intellectual property. Uh, Nick, are you ready for our lightning round? Yeah, I didn't
1: know there was a lightning round. I should have. should have prepared.
0: (laughs) It's all good. This This will be new new information for you new questions uh, uh awesome. but don't I'm don't right worry I think you're going to you're going to handle it just fine uh what is the best advice you've ever received
1: you're a leader not a savior
0: which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success
1: sleep i'm ruthless about my sleep i protect it
0: can you share an internet resource or a tool or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable?
1: Ooh. Circle back to that. I
0: don't want to answer that without thought. What book would you recommend and why?
1: Oh, that's a, I. have so many books. Um, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. And it's one of those things you got to read at the right time. Uh, but it is, it it forces you to find some sort of internal motivation. It's really good.
0: Nice. I, uh, I don't know why I haven't heard of that book before. I mean, I obviously know who Napoleon Hill is, but, uh, I haven't, I have not read that. So I'll add that to my reading list. Um, are you ready for that, uh, other question that share an internet resource tool or app?
1: Yeah, I really think, um, and, and, uh, It's a little self-serving, a little biased because of our uh partnership with the Abraham group. But if you go to Jay Abraham's website, you will never find more free useful resources than his uh his 50 shades of Jay. It's just 50 like full training modules on anything you could imagine that's marketing.
0: Awesome. We will link out to that. Uh, In our show notes, as well as some key takeaways that you've included here today at yougurus.com forward slash podcast, find the Nick Peterson episode. Nick, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have they can check out?
1: Yeah, best thing is uh, Preeminence Unleashed. Both the podcast, which actually launches, we got all the episodes in the queue. Uh, It launches on December. It'll be launched before this episode comes out Friday. And uh, Premise unleash also, the Facebook group, I bring in Jay, Steve Sims, um, all of my resources. I just bring them on and we do Q&As and all that stuff. So it's, it's a cool place to hang out.
0: Nice. So this is all stuff through uh, Jay Abraham and we will um, link out to that in our uh in our show notes as well. So you guys can check that out at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Find that Nick Peterson episode and we'll link out to all this uh all these resources, the Facebook group and um that uh uh 50 Shades of J uh training course we'll we'll find that or maybe Nick you could send that to me so we can include that in our show notes. Uh yep. so we'll link out to all that stuff um uh, for you Nick uh thank you so much for uh, stopping by the, the show today.
1: Yeah you know what I have uh have uh a... Um, A document that nobody has and it's 30, it's Jay Abraham's 30 profit activators. Like Dean Jackson has eight. Uh, Jay came up with 30 and my business partner was tasked with turning it into English because Jay is, um, he pontificates quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) He's just too smart. Which is why
0: he has 30 and not eight, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, so what I'll do is uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll give you a link to that. And then you and your listeners can have the uh, the 30 profit activators before anybody else has access to it.
0: Sweet. So yeah, uh, send that over to me. We'll, we'll make sure to link that up with our show notes. Again, that's yougurus.com forward slash podcast. And uh, you'll get all those goodies and so much more. Uh, Nick, again, thank you so much for stopping by the show today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And that is our program for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show tune in each and every week for more great content coming at you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in your business and life. Until then, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode.